This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. He was born in Carcassonne, ancient walled city and last stronghold of the medieval Cathars. He was raised in the Pyrenees to escape the ravages of a world war. He attended the same school as Louis Pasteur and Jean-Paul Sartre, and came of age during the turbulent 60s in Paris. Who is this man? He is an artiste as well as a man of action, a windsurfer and lifelong rugby player, and he advises world leaders on how to achieve the future. He is the man who made it possible for you to record this on your DVR, watch it on your smartphone, or save it on your computer so you can watch it over and over again. He is the rugby player who got the Nobel Prize. He is Albert Fert. We are here in the Center for Advanced Nanoscience. My guest today is Professor Albert Fert, the 2007 Nobel Prize in Physics. Welcome, Albert, to UCSD. Thank you, Ivan. Professor Fert is visiting here uh, in a joint U.S.-French research uh, collaboration workshop And uh, maybe you can tell us what is this workshop all about. Yes, it's a workshop on spintronics. What is spintronics? A new type of uh, electronics uh, using not only the charge, the electric charge of the electron, but the magnetism of the electron, the spin. What is your contribution to this field of spintronics? Uh, my contribution from the beginning? Yes, from the beginning, from, from the, the beginning. beginning. <laughs> yes. Oh, the beginning started with my PhD, with, because uh, in my PhD I could demonstrate the first experimental demonstration of the influence of the sp- orientation of the spin of the electron on the electrical conduction in magnetic material. And this is more or less the basis of, of spintronics. So you, you, you are credited with having discovered the so-called giant magnetoresistance, yeah. and you got the Nobel Prize for that. Uh, can you tell us a little bit what is this giant magnetoresistance? Uh, the giant magnetoresistance is a property uh, found in multilayer. Multilayer is obtained by staking a layer, say, layer of cobalt, copper, cobalt, what is a multilayer magnetic material and non-magnetic material, and the fact that the electrical resistance uh, of this film drops when by applying a magnetic field, in the presence of a magnetic field, uh, the one aligns the magnetization of all the magnetic layers. There is a drop of the resistance. Why did uh, you investigate uh, this? Uh, actually, the concept of the GMR was already in some experiment of my PhD thesis. In fact, in some experience of my PhD, I could imagine the concept, but I could also uh, predict that it was necessary to obtain the GMR to a very, very thin layer, a few nanometers. And at this time, 70, for my thesis, the, the technology was not available to prepare very thin layers. So let me ask you this. So you started thinking of this in 1970. I mean, what motivated you to for 30 years, I guess, yeah. to stick around and keep yeah, on doing I'm, this thing and not give up. Yeah, I worked on, on many other fields, okay. So you, you are physicists, you know that a physicist generally has many ideas to, to develop. <laughs> and so I have other ideas to develop, but I keep on the eyes this idea of the GMR. And then when I see in the 80s, 
uh, appealing the new technology to prepare varicin layer, for example, molecular mini-pitaxi. Then I developed a collaboration with a company of microelectronics to be able to prepare this multilayer and to, 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 to see if the, the concept could work. And it worked, and it was the discovery of the GMR. The so you're GMR. saying that... Uh, Technology actually helps you in yeah. this basic research yeah. kind of. Uh, but you know, in physics, there are yeah. the ideas, the, the idea, quantum mechanics, uh, quantum statistics, and there are the tools. My so, tools like this one. Like the MBEs that I use in uh, '85 to prepare the fir my, my first metallic multilayer and to discover the GMR. From my point of view, the discovery of the GMR was uh, one, one stage, but more important than the application to the audit and so on. Uh, from my point of view, most important is that it opened the way, the, the road, it kicked off the development of this new electronics called spintronics. In fact, from my point of view, it's more important than the application. This new field that now is developing in a, many directions. Where are you from originally? Yeah, okay, I was born in the south of France. Is uh, that in Bagnols? Uh, yeah, no, it, is, it was not in Bagnols. Uh, in fact, he was born in the in the maternity of the city of Carcassonne. Oh, in Carcassonne, that's Carcassonne. what I thought, yes. In fact, it was the time of the war. And uh, my father, one year after I was born, was a war prisoner and spent five years in Germany in a camp. And then during this time, my family, we went to, to live in the village of my grandparents, so a small village in the Pyrenees. And so my first year till seven were in a small village. So I understand that your father actually was a physicist. Before the war, uh, he was uh, a teacher in a primary school. And then uh, after the war, he prepared a thesis and uh, became physicist and university professor. And I understand also that your brother is a physicist. My brother is a physicist too. Mm. Yeah. I actually know your brother and I talked to him. Yeah. And I heard that your brother actually confesses that you are a better physicist, but he thinks he's a better rugby player. Can you tell us about this? He was a very good uh, rugby player. I was yeah. a rugby player too. In fact, I played rugby 20 years, um, uh, between 14 and uh, 30, 35. And I played even in England when I was postdoc in Leeds. And uh, uh, then I was playing in Leeds. I was playing in a, um, the team of a small town close to Otley, close to Leeds. And one of my uh, pleasure after the Nobel Prize was that my, one of my um, former um, rugby players in this team sent me a copy of a newspaper, a British newspaper, with this fantastic title, A Former Otley Rugby Player Wins Nobel, Nobel Prize. Prize. Oh, <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> Maybe we can, we can go back a little bit to yeah. science. So yeah. I wanted to actually give an impression and where this GMR is with... Uh, and what I decided to do is to kind of pull something here from one of my computers. And I was hoping that you can explain to us uh, how this read head works, okay? Yeah. So, so it's true. Uh, one of the main applications of the GMR, of the channel magnetization, is the application to the hard disk. Can you show us what's inside of, of it? Ah, yeah, I can show you yeah, yeah, the inside. Then, yeah. Okay, so I should open this yeah, thing. Open it, open okay. it maybe like this. So you can, yeah. I think it's a good tool to open. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a good uh, scientific yeah. tool. 
Okay, okay it's open. We can look. Okay. okay, so that was perfect. Uh, can you show us where the actually the reed head is? Okay, so I show you how it works. So this is a, a disc uh, covered by a film, magnetic film, and there are uh, uh, magnetic bits to store the information and small pieces, very small pieces, small magnets, say um, much less than one micron. And uh, and this is a, a GMR read L. Huh? Uh, it's uh, with a magnetic multilayer. So where is exactly the lead head? Is this, that little thing there? Right is in the a motion. This yeah. head can be the, so you the can disc. Move it. You can, you yeah, can move the it. disc can rotate, oh, yeah, okay. and at the same time, the 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 head can be moved to to record the information, the, the information. And so, at the at the end of this, uh, um, yeah, there is a, a multilayer, the GMR sensor, the magnetic the magnetic bit, the sound magnet. Uh, produce a magnetic field, and uh, when uh, the um, the head, the GMR sensor, is on a magnetic bit, the field emitted by the bit aligns the magnetization, the resistance drop, and the current can flow, and uh, when it's possible to detect and to read the magnetic. So basically, bit. this this is in everybody's. Read head in everybody's in all the computer, computers. So everybody's using it these millions of times yeah, a day. Yeah, I am amazed by that. Yeah, isn't okay, that amazing? So how and far is that head from the from that? Oh, that it's very. It's uh, only less a few angstrom and less. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's uh, one billionth of a billionth of something. Of yeah, 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 yeah. It's very small. Yeah, it's so you're basically telling me that you got the Nobel Prize for that little thing there. At the yeah, end. for this little thing. But uh, I hope for more than this little <laughs> bit. Okay, uh, yes, okay, <laughs> for the development of spintronics right. and uh, with the sensitivity of the detection by the GMR, so the large variation of the electrical resistance. Uh, only by very small magnetic field, it had been possible to detect very small bits uh, and to put more bits in the disk and to increase, increase by the memory. about a factor of a thousand the, uh, the information stored in the disk, the capacity of the disk. Okay, that's and so okay. you can have now even very small disk of the size of a coin in your iPod, for example. Right. So were you expecting this to be so important? Yeah. When I saw that the, the magnetoresistance, that is the change of the resistance, uh, in the presence of a magnetic field was so large, I, I knew that there was a magnetic sensor based on the magnetoresistance, so I knew that it was important, but it was difficult to predict the, uh, the, all the importance of the application. At this time, there was a competition between the hard disk and the optical disk. Huh? And so, uh, of course, if the optical disk has, has been improved a lot, the hard disk will have disappeared and the application was not important, but it, luckily, uh, fortunately, the hard disk uh, uh, progressed rapidly and became the, the most important uh, media for information So storage. did you expect a Nobel Prize in this? No, no, Nobel Prize, you see. Uh, the, the, our job of physicists is so uh, exciting that uh, is, uh, is sufficient by uh, this excitation of the job is, is enough for excitement, us. Excitement, uh, you mean? Yeah, excitement. Excitement of the job, yeah. yeah. So let me ask you this. One has the Im image of physics. So you are told me that you are a rugby player and you are apparently very proud of the rugby, your rugby <laughs> career. Is this common in scientists in general to 
kind of be so culturally diverse? Is this important? It's a question maybe of uh, my generation. Okay. Uh, I was um, students in the 60s, uh, just uh, in, a, in a time where the French society was before 68, was relatively rigid. And so rigid. I was not very comfortable in this very rigid society. And so even the, the university was relatively rigid. And so I was more, at this time, I was more attracted by the community of artists. And, and so at this time, I like um, cinema, I like uh, jazz music, I like uh, um, the arts in general. I, I made a film at this time. I made a, a movie hmm, uh, inspired by Berman. Uh, I, I, I was also, I made many exhibitions of my um, photographies. Oh, I so that it was maybe the, the reaction against the rigidity of this time. It sounds like you kind of have a broad sort of an interest in culture, uh, in paintings, in yeah, rugby. Yeah, except that uh, after the Nobel Prize it becomes harder to, to do all these things. Why? <laughs> yeah, because uh, Nobel Prize uh, give you a lot of uh, responsibility and the activity. What's the responsibility? There was with Sarkozy a lot of reform on the university and so my responsibility was to discuss with the ministry at the ministry to, to really uh, give my advice on the reform on the CNRS of the university. The CNRS is the, the National Research National uh, Research uh, Center. Okay. Another responsibility is motivating young people for science and so I give many presentations in school, in uh, high school, in uh, universities, colleges. So can you give some advice to the young people? Advice to the young people in general or... Well, let's say for, particularly for science. For the students, for yeah. science, for yeah. the students in science. Okay, for the research. Oh, I, um, generally I say to young people that uh, science is very amazing um, job, it's a creative job huh? yes. with a, a strong, an important role of the imagination and that I, 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 um, I say to, to young students that they should trust their ideas, their imagination. And so does not follow the fashions, you know, there are fashion in our... Yes. Uh, and so it's important, I think, I succeed because I, I trusted my, my ideas. You trusted, you pushed yeah. your, your own... I, I yes. will not follow the fashion, I will not follow at the time when it was... Uh, I did not follow the fashion for the condo effect or after the fashion for the superconductivity. Yes, uh, oh yeah, so exactly, I, I, you're... you're uh, I, yeah, already follow yes. my ideas. Uh. Uh, this advice to the young people is great. So now, maybe as an advice to the young people also, maybe you can tell us, what do you think it's in the future? Can you kind of predict? I know Niels Bohr said the most difficult thing in to predict science, is the future. In science. Now, we have new tools, all these nanotechnologies that uh, give us the possibility of uh, imagining new structure and we have the tool to prepare uh, some new arrangement of atoms, nanostructure, and so uh, it gives more power to the imagination than before. Not only the observation, yes. but also the creation of new materials, new structure. A lot of people say, well, the science is kind of understood, it's all done. And Actually, uh, presently, there are a lot of advances. For example, in this workshop, we have seen many new things. Uh, it's a good time to, to begin in research and also not only physics but also biology is very attractive today. Uh, 
But there are so many exciting directions of research now in our field of yeah, research. So tell, tell some, some, yeah, so tell me some. Give yeah. me some ideas. For example, I am very excited by this um, um, new, uh, new configuration called skirmions. For yes. example, I am very excited. This, uh, finally, this is also an example of transfer of uh, knowledge from one domain of research and the other. The, the concept came from particle physics, right. Mr. Skirm, yes. and uh, the configuration of pions. Yes. And then is this um, new particle, new magnetic particle, uh, topologically protected, very promising according to what I think, uh, for uh, information storage to replace this uh, to replace, very yes. old uh, system by yes. something more... Uh, more powerful, much more so, powerful. So that will be another word that it will become kind of popular, you think, like GMR, skirmions, skirmions. will become uh, sort of popular. Uh, also, in, uh, there are so many new yeah. directions, for example, one of the um, directions of research in my, my group is uh, uh, what one calls neuromorphic computing. So try kind of neuromorphic, 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 so yeah. bio-inspired bio by yes. the brain. Right. Okay, you know that our computer operate in a different way as uh, our brain. Right. The, 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 the brain is uh, uh, analog, uh, is uh, more massively parallel than the com in a computer, yes. and also uh, there is a um, plasticity of the synapse. Okay, the, the elements, the transmission of the information in the brain from neuron to neuron across a synapse, uh, is, uh, the synapse is evol evolving change is property become more transmitting or less depending on the number of the information he has transmitted. Yes. This is the plasticity of the yes. synapse. And there is also other properties of the brain that begin to be understood and that will be at the origin of new type of, of uh, computing, computing yes. architecture. And we are working in this Well, I mean, this, this, is, field. this is absolutely great because you are really an inspiration in the sense that you can still see the new future and so you know you're really an inspiration to those of us that are sitting here and kind of trying to turn all these machines and 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 it's really fantastic to have you say this and especially for the younger people that that will see this yeah. it and will so be very the, much yeah, of an inspiration for, for this them. in this question this problem of uh, neuromorphic computing yes. we are just at the beginning of the road right. this right. is certainly the computer in 50 years will be much more inspired by the uh, and so with the learning uh, capabilities and... Um, so you're not talking about uh, biology per se, you're talking about no, solid about state physics. solid state, solid state, state components physics, but, replacing, yeah. the transistor replacing the transistor and working more like uh, the, the neurons and the synapse in the brain. Well, so this, this is actually fantastic, mm. yeah. yeah. There are two big European projects that are called uh, flagships uh, yes. supported for 10 years by the... So how much, uh, for how much is that? Yeah, 1 billion per... 1 billion euros? One, 1 billion, yeah. And oh. one is uh, graphene. Yes. Uh, and the other is called human brain. Right. And uh, with uh, uh, mixing uh, experiments on the brain and uh, computing, development of right. computer... In the US there is also a similar program in the brain, but I don't think it involves the solid state... Uh, mm. And our it, yeah. task in the, yeah. in the Human Brain Project yes. is the development of uh, uh, hardware for this for type this, of computing. Oh, mm. fantastic. So uh, what is called MemRistore. MemRistore, yes. Memristor. So this is actually, the MemRistore is in oxides. You're talking about oxide, yeah. the kind of no, electronics. We are, 
uh, we are um, working on main resistor made with ferroelectrics and some other made right. uh, with uh, um, based on spintronics. Yes. Okay. Without oxides, right. so ferroelectric are oxides. Right, because there's a whole area of oxides that actually mm. is pushing mm. main resistor yeah, yeah. kind of mm. kind of work. Yeah, well, like at uh, Hewlett Packard, for yes, example. Yes, right at Hewlett Packard, right. Mm. All these things cost a lot of money. Yeah. And you know, that plays a major role in science, as you well know. Do you find that the issue of money, the way it interferes with science, the way it helps yeah. science? General trend, not only in Europe, but in the US, is that the money is given if there are some potential of applications. And so uh, it becomes difficult in some field of physics, for example, to, to get money if you have no some uh, application in the, in the objectives. In the U.S. there is a certain funding agency actually do not ask for uh, applications. Ah, yeah, they just okay. want you to do basic research. Yeah. But the question is, there is, more, there is more push, you think, in Europe? In, in, in France, for instance, there is a lot of push towards applications? Yeah, and uh, from the, the funding by the European community is really uh, for, the, for the application. It used to be in the U.S. that there were these big industrial labs like Bell mm. Laboratories, mm. like IBM, that were mm. funding a lot of research. Mm. Now that is dead. So who, who's going to take this up? Who takes this up? Uh, yeah, yeah it's, uh, in fact, this is one of the problems because the universities sometimes are far from the industries. There is a gap between them. And so there is, uh, we, we have to fill this gap and to, to, to be close, closer to the application. This is the reason for for, uh, for which I have founded this, uh, I am working in a joint lab of the uh, National Center of Research and the company Thales. And so this for me has been one of the, one way to, to, to be closer to the, uh, to the industry and to be able to, to, to transfer the knowledge rapidly to the industry. So in Thales, in, in there you actually can uh, do sort of basic research and then... I, I can do, I am still doing yeah. fundamental research, yes. but I am uh, in close proximity with uh, people of the company. Yes. And, that, uh, we, and so I can talk with them and transfer some knowledge and finally it works. It works. So there are several developments of our ideas now developed by Thales for... for so what about intellectual property? I mean, is there, any uh, there issue is, there is a, a, an agreement between the CNRS National the, the National, and yes. the company. So once the, the agreement has been signed, okay, it works uh, this way. So then basically the intellectual royalties are shared yeah, by... Are shared, yeah. So does that help uh, uh, the funding situation? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is important for them, okay. Uh, this agreement has been long to be signed, but at the beginning it was, uh, but now it works well. Uh, Albert, after these uh, very inspiring sort of words and the fact that there is a future, thank you very much. My guest was uh, Professor Albert Fert from uh, France, who was the 2007 Nobel Prize in Physics for the discovery of giant magnetoresistance. Thanks, Ivan. It's been a pleasure <laughs> to have you around. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.